Hey, this is Laura. I'm just giving this one a trigger warning. We do mention suicide. And in our book recommendations near the end of the episode, we talk about books that discuss sexual assault. So please take care of yourselves, guys. Wash your hands and be well. Welcome to Reading Rainbow, episode five. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, um, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like that's what I and say every there... time, though. I mean, it's not like we've been doing anything new. No. Or have we? <laughs> who's who's there lurking in the corner? What? It's me. <laughs> yeah, it's Woo! you. And who is you? My name is Annika. I am Elora's sister. Ooh, yeah. Mm. That's right. It's our first episode with a guest star, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Laura, are you excited? Uh, yeah, same Z's. I don't know. I waited too long to say something, and then. <laughs> hey look it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly, butterfly. Wow. 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 let's just kind of recap about like what we've all been up to yeah i don't really i'm not doing much different but it is warmer so that mm. means i sweat more <laughs> yeah you know what i i forgot big news in terms of current events you know what i went to tj maxx because oh. it was open right it was a blessed day annika wow. was with me i was like totally afraid of touching everything but i still did it ellie and i both went to tj maxx and there were a lot of people not wearing masks i'm just gonna oh. say that tj maxx more like tj no masks <laughs> oh. nasty um <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I guess that's it for current events. It's still quarantine, things are being lifted, and then you know what, second, tune in like next month when there's a second wave and half of us are dead, maybe. Anyway, yeah, so do you want to tell us what book are we reading this fine, or what book did we read? We read The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. Mm-hmm. Let's read that quick blurb from Ooh. Goodreads. <clears throat> A bizarre chain of events begins when 16 unlikely people gather for the reading of Samuel W. Westing's Will. And though no one knows why the eccentric, game-loving millionaire has chosen a virtual stranger and a possible murderer to inherit his vast fortune, one thing's for sure. Sam Westing may be dead, but that won't stop him from playing one last game. <laughs> the wow. end. Wow. Wow. So, Annika, you're here because you read this book. Give me the whole, your background with this book. I cannot remember everything. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember that I really loved it because I love murder mysteries and, like, games and, you know? Nice. Yeah. And, Laura, did you ever read this book? Yeah, I read it and I I liked it at the time. Yeah. Well, I've never read this book, and um, I guess like let's let's get into that summary without further ado. Laura, take us away. Okay, so that blurb actually explained a lot of like my summary. Didn't mention they were in Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, sixteen people are lured to the Sunset Towers apartment complex, but they all turn out to be heirs to Sam Westing, a paper product 
magnate, I guess. Um, So all according to his will, they're gathered and then divided into teams, and they're tasked with finding his murderer, who is among them, in order to win his inheritance. Um, And there's, like, so many storylines. Like, there's a bomber among them. Um, There's a Chinese-American family trying to get a restaurant off the ground. So many things. And there's, like, a snow in and, like, someone stealing stuff. But eventually they come to realize that Sam Westing was actually posing among them. Um, that's like the climax, and he fakes his death in front of them. So it seems like no one wins the contest. But they've all formed lifelong friendships and um, discovered the power of cooperating and ha- live happily ever after. Although one heir did, in fact, win the inheritance. And I'm going to leave that out of the summary, just so you keep listening. So, I mean, like, as it's mentioned in the summary, in your summary and the blurb, yes. there's 16 characters and I will say one of the downsides of listening to a book is when there's a lot of characters because none of them mean anything to you and you're just like... It's definitely much easier to read it. I would agree. Plus, yeah. like, when they refer to things earlier on, which they do a lot since it's a mystery, you can mm-hmm. go back <laughs> pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So Ellie's wrong for using audiobooks, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, this is a mark against me for it not being <laughs> audiobook friendly. How dare they? So I guess we'll get right into unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll start. Can I do this in my will? <laughs> Can right? I choose 16 people to cause, like, major death anxiety? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Can I just be an agent of chaos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in my will, because, I mean, I don't think about my will that often, but I didn't ever think it could be this theatrical and majestic. <laughs> he put a lot of thought into it and planned it out, like, every step of the way. Like, even the reactions mm-hmm. that the heirs had to the will, he was like, he put it in it. He's there, like, yeah, so. by this time, you're probably shitting your pants. And he's like, oh, my God, how did you know? How did you I know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why that's I always, like, kind of hate that because then it's so unrealistic where you're just like, by this time, I'm sure you've noticed that all the windows are, I don't know, nailed shut. And then they're just like, and then they actually have in the book. And I'm like, that's not fair. Because I would try and write something like that. And they would just be like, actually, we're reading this in Florida. We decided to throw your body in, in, in the beach of Florida. And I'd be like, dang it. Oh, dang it. But I do know one thing I would have in my will, which is just like, please cremate me. I mean, at least I wouldn't want to have an open casket. Like, that's, that's not me, you know? I don't need <laughs> yeah. my relatives to see me just laying there. Not like this. No. I've only been to one open casket funeral, and it was it was pretty... I mean, it wasn't that traumatic, but I do remember it, and I was like, man, I don't know why we need to be this close to him. Mm. You know, like, let him pass on to the next life. I've only been to one open casket, and it was I very weird. I assume it's weird. the same one. It, it is the same one, yep. But I thought it was very weird, and I can still picture them in my mind. <laughs> like the open yeah. casket. I think the only reason I would have an open casket funeral is because I wasn't actually dead, and I wanted to fool everyone I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just me. Okay, this isn't going to make any sense because it's all out of context, but this is what I have written. <clears throat> Chapter 4. <laughs> 
Perfume up the nose reminds me of perfume in my eyes and mouth from Elf. So, uh, there must have been... Oh, it was um, oh. because they didn't want to smell something, so they put something up their nose to keep yeah. from the smell of probably like mm. formaldehyde or something. And then that just reminded me, one, of the scene from Elf when he sprays perfume in his mouth. But also, when <laughs> I was a little kid, I would go to my friend's house and we'd take her mom's perfume bottles and I would just spray them in my face without closing my eyes because I was like, <laughs> every part of me needs to be like smell, smelly in the good way. So that's that's my note. That's also you. <laughs> I do remember reading that part of the book and then realizing at that moment that like Turtle's character, like she thinks of everything. She like was really prepared to go into that haunted house, like had perfume, she had, like, the whiskey, bo- like, with some rations and stuff in case she got locked in there. <laughs> like, that's when you kind of realize, like, Turtle's character, she's, like, you know, she thinks about everything. She's ready for anything. Yeah, and she, like, plays yeah. the stock market. Not, like, she can't do it because she doesn't have money for a while, but, like, she's ready to do it. She's only yeah. 13 and she's already playing the stocks. What? <laughs> Yeah, which, like, when when I was a kid, I mean, I was rooting for her, obviously, because I was, like, you know, a similarly aged girl, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, of course I want her to win the inheritance, but did you guys now, like, root for anybody else? No, I still wanted, I wanted Turtle to win, yeah. because they always, like, were undermining her and, like, saying, oh, she's just a child, she doesn't know anything, mm. like, obviously she was much smarter than that. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, uh... Because I had such a hard time, like, knowing who my characters are, I, like, I didn't necessarily make a connection with all of them, especially with Otis Amber, because they called him a delivery boy, and so I was like, oh, this is, like, a young child, and he's, like, like 60 or something like that, Yeah, (laughs) and I was just like, call him a delivery man, (laughs) like, like a guy, (laughs) yeah, and, like, someone on Pinterest made character cards for everyone and like their descriptions Whoa. and how they're related to so there was the the wexler family so there was jake wexler and his wife grace windsor wexler Ugh. and they have two kids angela and turtle wexler and that's like one unit well and then i think do we tie in denton deer because that's angela wexler's yeah. fiance i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah so what do you guys think of the wexler family well, there. So Grace is like, she's very accustomed to like wanting to seem rich or seem like higher up in society than she is. And so she loves Angela because Angela's like perfect and she does what her mom says, but like really doesn't like Turtle. There's something about like how Turtle as a baby was very sick, so she worried over her constantly and like she never really let that go. So like that's the dad's explanation, Jake's explanation for why she treats her like that. But I mean, it reminded me of like. Little fires everywhere. I forget what the family's name is, but the white family with um, the, the mom. Richardsons. <laughs> yes, the Richardsons. <laughs> okay, so there's the mother and then the daughter and then the other daughter and the younger daughter who's Izzy is yeah. like the black sheep of the family. And that was even a similar thing where she was really worried for Izzy as a baby and like never let that go really. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I think that Grace reminds me of like, any like annoying mother figure in any story Mm. like there's a lot of litter like you know stories about overbearing mothers and like just very like stereotypical like mother Mm. trope i guess 
Yeah, because then, like, you learn that Angela wants, like, a lot more freedom, but then she just does what her mother tells her to, and then mm-hmm. tries to grow some nads, and then kind mm-hmm. of does, and... Yeah, she bombs many things to Yeah, she becomes a bomber, so, um... But also, I mean, like, uh, Erase does get depth later on, because she actually ends up being a really good business partner for mm. Shin Hu, which we will discuss forthcoming. Yeah, let's go, let's dive into the Hu family. Mm. So you have Shin Hu, who owns the restaurant. He has his wife, yes? Madam Hu, yeah. And then they have a kid, Doug. They Hu. have Doug. Although, Madame Hu is not his biological mother, right? He's a, she's his stepmom. And then, um, um, Madam Hu came over from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I mean, does not speak English very well nope. at all in the start of the book. There's Chris Theodorakis and Theo Theodorakis, yes. right? And they're right. brothers. Mm-hmm. And what this person did for their Dreamcast is they just did... Who's the guy who plays Jacob Black in Twilight? Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner. So Theo Theodorakis is current age Taylor Lautner, and Chris is just a younger version of him. I never... I can never do Dreamcasts because I don't know actors' names. I just know that that dude... Taylor Lautner. Well, I will say this... (laughs) There's only Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner plays everybody. <laughs> oh man, that'll be beautiful. It's a one man show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I will say there was only one person that I was just like, I know exact. Well, I don't know. I feel like JJ Ford. I was like, oh, of course, Viola Davis, because oh. I feel like she just plays lawyers and she's African American, so she fits the bill. And she would, mm. I feel like, do a good because she because JJ Ford has all these like dark secrets and everything, so. It's pretty basically how to get away with murder. Yeah, and she has a lot of poise, really good poker mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't laugh or smile. Otis could be played uh, by my dog, Otis. Oh, little <laughs> Otis. Hey, Otis. Just need to get him a bike. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He could play, he could be the delivery boy. Right, Otis? Yep. And mm-hmm. is there anyone else in their family? They do have parents, yeah, they have the parents, parents. part of the thing, like the game. Or he so Sam was yeah. seeing had a daughter and the daughter was gonna marry I think the dad Theodorakis I don't know his name George but, George okay George Theodorakis but the mom Westing didn't broke them up <laughs> so that was that but then yeah broke them up and then she had to marry this like terrible person that she didn't want to so then mm-hmm. she well, doesn't live. And so then, I feel like everyone else isn't that connected, so I'll just list... I mean, like, they're not a unit. Because there's Flora Baba Bombach, who's, like, the dressmaker for Angela. And then there's Bertha Erica Crow. Also, the audiobook I was listening to was, like, kind of totally whack, and I don't (laughs) really trust anything it was reading to me. Because on one of the chapters, it, like, stopped, like the reader finished the chapter but then it had four minutes of just silence and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> i was like am i did is the audio cutting out am i missing a crucial part of like chapter 10 and then also sometimes the audio would just like change quality so it just seemed like she was walking the reader was walking around in rooms just like went into a bathroom super echoey <laughs> went into like under the bed and everything was compact i was confused what's going on wait okay wait who's who is Seidel? She's the shorthand recorder. Like, she's the one that took a shorthand of the will. And then you have 
JJ Ford, and then there's yeah. Alexander Sandy McSuthers. And Otis Amber. Yeah, Otis Amber, the delivery man. I know, do you guys have any thoughts on these these strays? I know that Sandy dies. Very sad. Yeah. Well Sandy and he, Sandy was Sam Westing. Exactly. Yeah. And then Erica Crow gets blamed and is the ex wife of Of Sam Westing. Because, well she was the one who broke up her daughter and George. The one that her daughter really loved, so and then she wanted her to marry someone richer, and so Sam blamed her, Bertha, for the daughter committing suicide. There's a lot of different diverse characters in in this story, which I also appreciated. There's the judge who's like African American, and, and then there was obviously the Who's who were like Asian. No, yeah, and like there's different levels of ability. Like Chris is, he uses a wheelchair, and he. Like, they don't mention what is he has, right? But he does have muscle spasms and a stutter. No, and so people, like, look didn't. down at him a lot. But doctor, the doctor did, like, give him, like, a weird diagnosis, which I looked up because I was like, oh, like, what is that? What does that mean? And it's just basically, like, your nerve system. You just can't control spasms and movement. I appreciated, though, how, like... They gave Chris, like, really interesting internal monologues. They showed he was really intelligent. Yeah, there was tons of, like people looking down at him or people just not knowing how to act around him yeah there's also a lot of like other ableist language like the r word in there not good did you notice it when you guys were reading it as like fifth graders it definitely didn't register with me but also it didn't really register that like how diverse it was for me like i remember the chinese family but i did Mm. not remember that the judge ford was black Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was. My own honest question was like, did Turtle ever get on good terms with her mother? Like, did they ever see eye to eye? We mm. don't really know. I feel like her mom was very unhappy with her life and so was projecting like that onto her both of her daughters. Mm. And yeah. then, like, finally, when the game was over and she had the business to run and like she was a much happier woman, I don't know she, mm-hmm. like, probably started to have a better relationship with both of her daughters. Really, everyone, like, you know, excelled after. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. They each, they all had their own careers. Yeah, I was so ready when, at the end, so, like, Turtle is going around talking about, like, oh, this person is doing this and this person is doing this, and then, you know, she, like, lies about some people being dead, but whatever. When right. she's like, oh, and my husband, Theo, and he's writing a book, and I was so ready for them to be like, and that book is called... The Westing game, <laughs> the end. And I was going to be yeah. like, you sneaky son of a bitch. But they didn't. Nope. Oh, I have another question. Do you think, like, how did Turtle keep it secret? Cause so she wins the game after everybody thinks mm-hmm. it's over. And, like, mm-hmm. never tells anybody, even though she becomes, like, a bazillionaire. <laughs> Money laundering. Yeah. How is that possible? I'm I'm watching Breaking Bad right now, and it's money la- money laundering. She probably invested in a laser tag. Mm. Uh, what's it called? Laser tag, not a resort, a, a gym, a laser tag area, uh, arena, zone? zone, a laser tag zone, and uh, then she's zone. just pretending that that all of her money is flowing from there. That's the perfect. It's the perfect crime. How can you keep that secret? Like, how could you not tell people? Like, haha, you all thought I was a fool, but I won the money. She didn't even tell her husband when she when she finally got married to Theo. She didn't even right? tell him in the yeah, end. Yeah, I, I feel like for tax purposes, you'd have to tell your parents <laughs> for where tax your $200 purposes. million came from. <laughs> like, listen. Since I'm the only one who has never read this before, this was my first time, 
mm-hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and start off with our uh, takeaways and judgments. So I'm thinking, like, what are the intended takeaways? One, I will say this book, when I was re- listening to it, totally just reminded me of Knives Out, where it was a lot of, like, mysteries and twists and turns. And so mm-hmm. I was into that. But also, like, for a kid's book, I was like, wow, there's a lot of mention of stock markets and chess and taxes. And I was like, as a kid, I don't know how into this I would be. Except, you know what it doesn't have? You know what this doesn't have? This book that Knives Out has? Hmm. What? Um, crap, what is his name? <laughs> oh, Daniel Craig. Daniel doing Craig. A <laughs> amazingly... <laughs> crazy southern accent yeah <laughs> i mean it's a good use of like teaching what a cliffhanger is teaching what a red herring is teaching like literary devices like that mm, um, okay like laura was saying earlier with the inner monologues like it just kind of introduces i think you to what characters are thinking and like why they say or do the way they the things that they do and i also think that mm. it's just good writing and like also the dialogue scenes like are really good as well so i think it just shows like what good dialogue writing looks like i think it is meant to yeah like teach kids about like people from diverse backgrounds um even if it is dated in like the microaggressions they face like it's in the language they use like what they were talking about when judge ford entered the room in like oh yeah judge ford strode in as regally as an african princess her noble head swathed in a turban her tall body oh. draped in yards of hand-printed cloth oh sandy says gee that's an easy outfit judge is that what you call ethnic oh right oh no so it's just like no that's not the way to say it i definitely yeah. remember like there's definitely like they use the word oriental a lot too which is not necessarily a word you would use now after rereading this do you is there anything is there anything else that you can think of that dawned well, on you i think there's one i really remember and i still kind of did like really hate some of the characters in the beginning like the mom you're just like oh you're like really unbearable but and by the end you're just kind of like you understand more of like why they are acting the way they are and like it also mentions in the story like how you know you're meant to be they were paired with the person they were supposed to be paired with so and so I don't think I I don't think I realized that until reading it this time yeah I thought okay so Sidel Pulaski was so or Sidel Pulaski to back up as a character, she, like, fakes an illness for most of the book, and it's right. implied that she's doing it just because she wants attention, and that she finds it really hard to get attention from people, and I don't know, as a kid, I think I was very, like, oh, that is unfair, like, people should pay attention, and now as an adult, mm-hmm. I can see, like, oh, that's a little complicated, because, like, you're not really being truthful, and nowadays it would be seen pretty, um, in a poor light to, like, pretend to have a disability. I mean, as like now as an adult, I can see why it's more wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I I want to say I had less sympathy, but also more of an understanding of mm. like why someone would do that. Yeah, and, like, why someone would just choose to go about that their lives that way. Yeah, I think she was mm. the other character so, like, that I was like, I can't really stand her because she just is thinking about herself. <laughs> yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get that that like selfishness as a kid. I thought, oh, that's mm-hmm. totally normal. <laughs> yeah. So she, I thought. As a character, like, she was really complicated. If no one else has anything else to say, we can move on to rating it out okay. of 10. 
Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. I would say like seven or eight out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. Like because of it's very nostalgic for me to go back and read it because obviously I remember it, but I don't remember the details and I didn't remember any of the other characters. And so it was just cool to go back and like remember the story. And I like that it has a diverse group of characters. And yeah. I would rate this, uh, I don't know. For me, it's like a 7 out of 10, and it's partly my own fault. Uh, it's not nostalgic for me because I've never read this, so shame on me. But because of the format that I chose to consume it, it really detracted. And so I'm tempted to actually just go back and read this on the legitness. Mm. I did the library like checkout book, right? So I just read it on my Kindle. But at yeah. the end, it had, like, I don't know if this was in your book when you read it, Laura, but it had little details of like how the author wanted it structured like she put a lot of time and research in okay this is the format that I want it to be written in this is how I want like each of the messages to look like she put a lot of thought and detail into like how the format of the book should look and so I thought that was very interesting oh man and I just I effed it up I was just like (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna listen to it yeah I would say my score is pretty similar. I would give it an 8 out of 10. Um, yeah, because the mystery is pretty interesting. It's, like, the foreshadowing is pretty strong. Like, it's not mm. coming out of left field or anything at the end. But it's um, got a lot of sub-mysteries, you know, subplots. And, I mean, it handled, like, a cast of 16 people pretty well. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, let's move into kind of our, like, book recommendations mm-hmm. book section of the of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to start off with a book recommendation. So I didn't read this as a kid, but I do remember I read um, the series, The Mysterious Benedict Society by Trenton Lee Stewart. And Mm -hmm. it has, it does not have nearly as many characters, but it is like a mystery sort of plot. These four gifted children go to this boarding school that's run by this man and they solve mysteries and they're trying to solve some sort of case so that's my recommendation uh mine is the name of this book is secret by pseudonymous bosch which Mm. are you nodding i loved that book and i read it as like past like not a past no post teen no whatever as an adult (laughs) i read it after i beat teen pregnancy (laughs) i read it as like an old teen like not a young teen um, not a tween, like, like an actual teen. Yeah, <laughs> pre or post quarantine teen. It was definitely aimed for like I middle grade. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it's got secret society. Like there's, there's five books in the series, and each one focuses on a different sensation. Like smell, I think is the first one. Like who doesn't want to write a, read a book <laughs> centered around smell? <laughs> it's just fun. I read. The Pretty Pretty Little Liars series when I was younger, and I really enjoyed them. You know, they're trying to figure out um, the mystery of one of their friends was murdered or killed, and they don't know how. And so, but there's a lot of twists and turns within the the group and within the town as well. So, 
Yeah, they live in like Ravenswood or something. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Maybe. Who gives up? Schmaka. Nice. So. Those are three wrecks, mm-hmm. all centered around some sort of mystery. You want to smell a book? Well, read Laura's. You want to? <laughs> you want to <laughs> be a little kid in a house? Well, then read mine. You want to be a hot teen in Ravenswood, maybe? <laughs> read Annika's. Read Pretty Little Liars. So, what are you guys currently reading? Mine is technically no things, because I just yesterday finished a book um, that was called Across Many Mountains by Yang Zom Browen. I think that's how you pr- pronounce the author's name. She's Swiss and Tibetan, and it's a memoir about the, her th- three generations of her family escaping Tibet. But I just finished that one yesterday, so I'm not currently reading anything, but I intend to start Pim by Matt Johnson, which is about an African-American professor who gets kicked out of his school and then goes on a voyage to uncover some mystery by Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. And I met the author because he came to my college to do a presentation. So we're basically best friends. Mm. Matt Johnson, if you're out there. Hello. We love you. <laughs> Do you remember me? We ate uh, dinner once at the same restaurant on purpose. <laughs> we weren't at the same table, but we were at the same restaurant. <laughs> yeah, no, just kidding. We were at the same table. It was all planned. We talked it premeditated something yep. one time. Yeah, it was all premeditated. I'm reading Us Against You by Frederick Backman. Um, which is a sequel to Bear Town. It's mm-hmm. a direct sequel. Like, it takes place like a few months after the first one ends, and it's like the same characters. And the sequel came out like two years ago. And I am very like wary of sequels. Like I just don't ever know, you know, if it's going to be let down or not. So mm-hmm. I waited till it was seven dollars at Barnes and Noble to order it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm partway through it, and it's it hasn't let me down yet. <laughs> first of all, this is written in Swedish. Yeah, and translated oh to God. English. Um, so it takes place in like a small fictional town in Sweden, um, where there's there is a factory and like people live there, but they all really live for hockey. So everybody loves the hockey stars, but like it really explores like what that kind of privilege can do to like people who are famous and um, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and um, like the main conflict is that one of the hockey players like rapes a girl, and the town takes sides and tons of stuff unravels and it's very powerful okay Annika, it's your turn now okay (laughs) i mean this isn't a book that i've read i'm reading currently but i i want to start reading the girl with the dragon tattoo i remember like my parents really enjoyed reading that book but yeah like it was too we were too young to read it when they were reading it and so now murder mystery thing about like sexual assault so Mm -hmm. it's pretty serious and the american version does have Daniel Craig. So. It does have Daniel Craig. <laughs> you have that to look forward to. And my Daniel Craig. On the on the podcast, we usually talk about uh, what we've read in in between the two, the last episode recorded and this one. So, Annika, if you just if you want to talk about something you've read in the recent past, let's say within the last twenty years, uh, we accept <laughs> it. Um, so I actually read Across Many Mountains, but then I also read The Vagina Monologues for the first time. And I was reading it to, I started reading it to my sister, Sophia, when she was having menstrual cramps. 
Mm. So she was she was in the fetal position on the couch. She couldn't move, so she was kind of trapped there while I like told I was reading these various monologues about. And this was good. The behemoth. Did it help? She, she loved it. And then I have listened to three books. One of them I so I listened to it, and it was Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer, and that mm-hmm. one is a lot about. Um, the author's uh, Native American, and so it talks about her relationship to nature. And then I listened to Little Weirds by Jenny Slate. It was pretty poetic and like experimental rather than like a memoir or biography. Um, and then Wonderlust USA by Flula Borg. It's supposed to be a comedy. Flula Borg is like, he is funny to me, but a lot of the stuff he does I don't always find funny because I think it's like main sh- I don't want to be elitist but it's pretty mainstream humor I'm done now okay. yeah so last time I think I was in the middle of reading Storm of Locusts but that is a sequel to Trail of Lightning and that series is like fantasy series but um, with like Navajo mythology I like Storm of Locusts like a lot more than the first book so if anybody's reading those like stick it out for the second book i also read other words for home by jasmine warga it's weird because like it's written in verse like it's on the page it's like in poetry but i listened to an audiobook and i didn't hear the poetry like i don't know if it was the reader or what um Mm -hmm. but it didn't seem like to have any rhythm or rhyme rhyme or rhythm or reason why does this (laughs) exist yeah so i would have to like look at it in print to see what that's about but it was like a really cute um very optimistic story about refugees i also finished white fragility uh, and that was really good it really set me on edge a lot because i mean just talking about racism really makes me like ah! but also had pretty not like i won't say optimistic messages just like helpful messages about mm-hmm. just how to deal with people who are racist i also read the final solution by michael chaman which is like a novella and like the only way you could get through the thing is if I just kept turning the page. There's so many details in every sentence about, like, every part of the scene. And I don't... It's in England, and there's a detective, and a boy shows up who's mute, but his parrot is spewing out, like, tons of numbers. And they're in the middle of World War II, so they're like, what does it mean? But then, like, the parrot goes missing, and that's, like, a big deal because someone died trying to take the parrot away. I feel like half the books I do read, I, like, don't really remember, like, details about them. Same. Yeah, that's just me. That's me. <laughs> so that's me. <laughs> oh, I was re- in the middle of reading Pillars of the Earth last time, and I got halfway... Okay, it's like a thousand pages, and I got halfway through, and I was like, <laughs> this is 500 pages too long. I haven't picked it up in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll finish it, maybe not. Going off of the vagina monologues <laughs> in the last few years, learned about this author, Roxanne Gay, and she writes mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, pieces on feminism and she has a bunch of essays that she just kind of compiled into a book called bad feminist and so it's very interesting to kind of read that so I would definitely recommend that one and then the other one that I read by her was called difficult woman and this one is a very sad book it's it's just like non-fiction I mean it's fiction stories about like basically just women's struggles like everyday struggles and it it goes talks a lot about especially like 
the African-American, like, women's, women's struggle. Um, and then another one that I read, not by Roxane Gay, it's called The Female Persuasion by Meg Wolitzer. It's, like, a few different stories, um, but, like, the main one is this, like, girl who goes to college and, like, has her first experience of, like, meeting mm-hmm. this, like, big feminist movement activist leader and then she gets like really wrapped up in like her journey of exploring feminism and like a lot of feminist books but i really enjoyed reading them that's awesome yeah there's nothing wrong with feminist books all right well um we gotta just we're gonna do some plugs so annika if you have anything you would like to plug now would be the time I'll I'll just plug public safety, you know. Mm-hmm. Remember to keep social distancing. Wear a mask when you go to public places, you know, not just for yourself but for other people. Yeah, I also want to yeah. say that I'm plugging into your plug. Um, okay. <laughs> that be cautious but also value your mental health. So if that means you do need to see someone in person, like a friend, mm-hmm. you can do that just have you both wear a mask and stay outside where you can remain six mm-hmm. feet apart. Just mm-hmm. remember just remember that, yeah. y'all. Someone such as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such as a friend or maybe an enemy. Maybe. Maybe you need to see those enemies. All right. So thank you for listening. We are Reading Rainbow. And Laura, take it away with the email because every time I mess it up. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? It's R-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Yeah, that's reading, not reading, at gmail.com. <laughs> but really just go based off of the spelling and not, don't think about it. Yeah, next time you got to give me a beat. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm so sorry. Psh, 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 psh. I'm not a boxer. <laughs> um, uh. And... Thank you for joining us, Annika. It has been a pleasure. And tell your friends. Thank you for having me. Honored guest. (laughs) Yes, our honored guest. And as our honored guest, we let you pick the next book that we will read and focus on on our next episode. Mm. So why don't you tell us what that is, Annika? Um, It's 1984. George Orwell, right? Yeah, so it's been a pleasure. And... We will see you guys in a month, and we'll see where we are. Bye. Bye. Bye.